Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Toppling an incumbent member of Congress is rarely easy, but Republican businessman Chris Dargis powered through a five-way primary and is ready to challenge Democrat Raja Krishnamoorthy in November. We'll get to know him better this weekend. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Chris Dargis was born in Chicago, but grew up in Schaumburg. He's a Navy veteran and nuclear engineer, and he describes himself as a problem solver. And now he's the Republican nominee in the 8th Congressional District. But I'll let him tell you more about his background and aspirations. Chris Dargis joins me via Zoom conferencing, and welcome. Thanks, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's talk about uh, about why you're here. You're in business. You have a background in nuclear engineering, a great family life. Why get into politics and, and why Congress? Well, Craig, I, I've seen what's happening in the district and frankly, around the country. We have uh, gas prices that have been at an unprecedented high. We have inflation rampaging at a 40 year high. We have crime rising, not just in the city, but in the suburbs. And uh, unfortunately, we don't see anyone in Washington really lifting a finger to do anything about it. Frankly, they're not really even talking about it very much, except for the, to cast blame. So as you mentioned in your intro, I'm a problem solver. I've stepped up to serve the country once before as a naval officer. I've been a problem solver throughout my business career. And, and I decided if, if you know, I needed to get in the race uh, to do my best to help the families of Illinois in the 8th District. Well, now you've uh, you've written an op-ed piece on on why Congress needs problem solvers, uh, and you acknowledge that politicians seem focused on partisan bickering. But how do you go to Washington and bring people together when sometimes there's not even an agreement on what's reality? Well, it's a challenge for sure because there is a, a m- mindset of bickering, but as an outsider. And frankly, as a naval veteran, I think that actually gives me uh, the skill set and the experience needed to, to accomplish the goal. Look, when you're focused on solving a problem versus scoring political points, it makes it so much easier. You know, when I was in the Navy, I served with people from all walks of life, all races, creeds, and colors. We came from different backgrounds. We had different perspectives, but we knew what our mission was. And when, we, when I go to Congress, my mission is going to be to solve the problems of high gas prices, rising inflation, and rising crime. And if I, I'm sure I can find others who agree with me that those problems need to be solved. And as long as we can agree that we need to solve a problem, we can come to uh, we can we can work together to do exactly that. Um, 
How how much work do you feel needs to be done even within the Republican Party? I mean, there still seems to be a tug of war between those who align themselves with the uh, Make America Great Again movement and what uh, some, at least those of us in the media, would call moderate Republicans. Uh, is that another one of the problems that needs to be solved? I think across the Republican Party, we all recognize that we need to restart energy production in this country and clear the regulatory hurdles that are hurting energy production to lower gas prices. We understand we need fiscal sanity. We need to stop special interest giveaways to halt and ultimately lower inflation. And we need to support our law enforcement. And frankly, uh, we need prosecutors in place across the country who are actually going to lock up criminals rather than constantly put them back on the street. So regardless of some of the political horse races that you're talking about and the political bickering, which again, I don't intend to get involved in, uh, there is broad agreement within the Republican Party on the problems we need to solve. And that agreement is going to allow us to come together, hopefully come together also with independents and like-minded Democrats who want to help people and solve these problems. Um, before we move on to some of the uh, some of the issues in the race, uh, we might as well get a couple of things out of the way. I, I know the answer to at least one of these questions, and there's that you do not believe the 2020 election was stolen, correct? That's correct. Okay. And is there any resistance to that message within your district? I, I'm not sure I would expect it, but is there? Well, when I go across the district and I talk with people, when I talk with small business owners, frankly, when I talk with my own family who live in the district, friends, neighbors, uh, nobody is talking about the 2020 election. People are talking about the problems we face today. They're talking about the fact that when they go to gas up their cars, they're only filling the tank halfway because they want to make sure that they have enough money left over to put food on the table. When I talk with my mother, she tells me about the, the challenges she faces as a senior citizen on a fixed income, looking at food and then needed medicine, both of those prices skyrocketing with inflation and having to make some untenable decisions. Now, luckily, she has me to help her out, but there's so many people across the district and across the state that don't have someone to help them. And that's part of the reason I'm stepping up. Well, let's let's talk about some of those issues. Uh, gas prices first. You've mentioned it more than once. They are still higher than they were a year ago, but they are coming down. Uh, first, who's, who's to blame? But more importantly, where are the solutions? Well, from day one, the Biden administration has waged a war on energy production in this country. They, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline, which first and foremost cost American jobs and sent a signal to the world that we were not going to be taking our energy independence seriously. And it hurt allies, our next door neighbor, Canada. Now we find ourselves where we could have gotten a supply of, of oil and energy. Now we find ourselves going hat in hand to regimes like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, begging them to increase production. Whereas we could do the exact same thing here, not only increase production, bring more supply on the market and lower prices, but we could create American jobs in the process. But for some reason, this administration refuses to do that. So, you know, we, there's a lot that we can do. One, in the near term, that is the starting point. And by the way, that actually contributes to the reduction in carbon emissions that we've seen in this country. When you bring natural gas online, you, you use that to replace uh, dirtier technologies and, and energy sources like coal. That's actually re resulted in a net carbon reduction in this country over the last 25 years. So there's no reason we shouldn't continue to embrace that. And in the long run, we should bring nuclear power to the table. It's safe, it's reliable, it's scalable, and it gets the job done. Illinois has over 50% of its electricity generation from nuclear energy. I don't think a lot of uh, people in the district know that. 
That's despite the best efforts of some Democrats to actually shut those reactors down, which would make us reliant on either unreliable sources like wind and solar or dirtier technologies like coal. So we need to bring in all of the above policy to the table to get the energy production we need now, restore our energy independence, lower energy costs, and also pave the way to a carbon-free future, which nuclear power can support. And by the way, those energy costs are also a tremendous contributor to the inflation we see today. So this is not a, a single issue or a single uh, price point impact. Lowering fuel costs, lowering energy costs are gonna help small businesses who have seen their energy costs double over the past year, according to some of the folks that I've been talking to. And it's going to lower inflation because when you have high energy costs, the cost of manufacturing goods, the cost of transporting goods, all increases, that all contributes to uh, inflation. So, so that is a, a tremendous arrow in the quiver uh, that we can do to help Illinois families. And uh, you also are talking about uh, a carbon-free. Uh, sometimes in in Illinois, uh, that's almost tantamount to throwing a throwing a gauntlet uh, down because we we have you know such a coal dependent state in uh, in some ways. But you are for uh, reducing carbon uh, emissions and carbon use and for renewable energy? Absolutely. I'm in favor of an all of the above strategy. The problem is the extreme policies of Democrats in Washington are forcing us to make this breakneck move that is just killing American families, crushing uh, Illinois family budgets. Uh, and, and it's doing it in an environment where we're not frankly not ready. Our electricity grid isn't ready. Our transportation grid isn't ready. And, uh, you know, I have no problem with, with moving to a carbon-free future. We have to bring the most reliable green technology to the table, the most scalable green technology to the table, which is nuclear. Even the far-left parties in Europe recognize this. And we need to implement this over a period of time, maybe 5, 10, 15 years. We can't do this in the space of 18 months. We see the result. And the result is more people in food lines, people with tighter budgets, and uh, frankly, people being crushed, uh, you know, personal debt at the highest level it's been at in decades. Uh, this is just untenable. And this is all due to the extreme policies coming out of Washington, D.C. Um, in addition to reducing energy prices, which, uh, you know, acknowledge that 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 does affect a lot of other uh, products, a lot of other industries. Are there other things that could be done as far as the high prices that we're seeing? Well, energy, as you mentioned, is the number one contributor. But the other thing we can do is stop these reckless special interest giveaways. This tax and spend bill just introduced in the Congress in Washington that the Democrats now appear to be supporting and trying to force through before the midterm elections is going to do nothing more than add more fuel to the fire and add uh, more inflationary pressure uh, to this country. We have been pouring money into this economy to zero effect in terms of helping people, but to a massive effect in terms of driving inflation to a 40-year high and crushing uh, American families as a result. Uh, who are the special interests uh, that you feel are, are taking the tax dollars from everyday people? Well, I, they're certainly not in the 8th District because nobody in the 8th District is being, being helped by these, these tax dollar giveaways. You know, we see hundreds of billions of dollars lining the pockets of Democrat groups, uh, Democrat green uh, groups, extreme environmental groups who are doing nothing to actually solve the energy problems, the environmental problems we have in this country, but instead are lining their pockets, 
making donations to Democrats. It's all about keeping them in power. And unfortunately, it's doing nothing to help the people of the district, which is why we see these problems of gas prices, inflation, and now crime in the country, which is not energy related, but is related to Democrat policies coming out of Washington. Yeah, and we will indeed talk about that as well. Uh, but uh, the environmentalists uh, are a special interest. Some people in Washington say part of the problem is that businesses aren't paying their fair share in taxes and have been getting a lot of the breaks. What do you say to those people? Well, I notice the people who talk about their fair share never actually talk about what the number is. They simply make um, you know, demagogic arguments uh, to blame others for the policies that they're implementing. They're actually the things that are hurting people. Small businesses are hurting just as much as individual families in this state. Energy costs have increased. Um, costs of uh, raw inputs have increased. And ultimately, that's, you know, that's how we interact as a society. People go to these businesses for their daily services and goods. And it's and ultimately, those costs make their way to American families. Businesses don't live in isolation. Businesses pay salaries. Businesses provide jobs. In the previous administration, when we had the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, we actually saw wages rising at the lower end of the economic spectrum for the first time in decades, real wages, I should say, rising for the first time in decades. Now we see the exact opposite. We see wages flat in the most recent report, while inflation continues to rage at 9%. That makes people poor, that makes people less well off, and it increases the burden on American families. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, about safety nets, because there are still people in the district and elsewhere living paycheck to paycheck, if they can even get jobs. Where is the relief for them? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I understand the strain that those families are under. Victoria and I have lived in exactly that situation going paycheck to paycheck. And it is it can be incredibly scary, incredibly scary. This is where you fill up your gas tank halfway. This is where you tighten your belt. This is where you, you're scrounging in the pantry to see what uh, food items might have been you know, tucked away that you so you don't have to go back to the grocery store because you're just afraid, frankly, to spend money. You don't know what's going to happen next. By stopping these tax giveaways, these special interest giveaways, we can lower inflation, we can get fiscal uh, sanity back under control. Lowering inflation is the key, lowering, lowering energy uh, costs are the key. That will get the economy moving again, and that will bring wages growing again above inflation, and those will provide more job opportunities for people to grow their incomes. It is a scary situation to be living paycheck to paycheck, and frankly, Washington needs to start paying attention. Do... And do you feel that there are programs that are at least intended, if not designed to help people, some of those need to be cut or do, should they be maintained as we tr uh, cut back on what you are saying are giveaways to, uh, to some of the special interest groups? I'm talking about the politically connected and, and large corporate interests who are simply pocketing money versus helping the American people. I am not talking about doing anything that will hurt American families. I want to help American families. I want to help the working people, men, women, and families of Illinois. Frankly, I have, I have no concern with giving those a helping hand who need it most. We saw that in the previous administration when COVID hit and we had lockdowns. Unfortunately, the Democrats, in order to score political points, continued to, to uh, spend money and, uh, to the effect of not helping people, but actually creating the problems we're facing today. You know, there's nothing wrong with helping people. Now, we should have a work requirement, as we have had in the past, that will help workers get into jobs that are needed. We've had the lowest labor force participation rate in uh, years. 
happening right now. In fact, the most recent jobs report that came out today said that the labor force participation rate dropped. There's nothing wrong with helping people. We should make sure that they're working and engaged. And if they're willing to help themselves, we should be willing to help them as well. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Chris Dargis, the Republican nominee in the 8th Congressional District race. He is challenging Democratic incumbent Raja Krishnamoorthy. And uh, we should get uh, to another uh, basically headline uh, issue, and that is crime. We've, we've touched on it a little bit before, but you said that there are extreme policies that hamstring the police and put criminals back on the streets. Let's talk a little bit about that. What, what do you mean when you say that? Well, we, we see it over and over again. We hear about these horrific crimes and attacks in the city. We see flash mobs in the suburbs uh, and shopping malls. And when, we, when the police finally apprehend these criminals, what we find out is they've been arrested before. They have pending charges. And unfortunately, we have lenient prosecutors who refuse uh, to keep these criminals, these threats to society in jail while they're awaiting uh, trial on the charges around. We have people who have been arrested two, three, four times that are put right back out on the streets uh, who are you know, making our communities unsafe. That's a, you know, Kim Fox is a prime example of that. And, uh, and that's what needs to change. And now, I, I, as someone who has had to cover uh, criminal justice uh, for uh, for some time, uh, I am often reminded or, or cautioned, I should say, that people who are facing charges are not are they are accused but innocent until proven guilty. And is that not the way the justice system is supposed to work? That until they're convicted they can go free unless someone proves that they're a danger. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly, Craig, not suggesting that we abandon due process in this country. <laughs> I didn't think but, so, but I had to raise it. <laughs> no, look, look, we have got moved to this no bail situation. We moved to a situation where not, this isn't about due process. We, we have due process in this country. And I, I frankly, I'm slightly confused that anyone would suggest, and I understand you brought it up, but if others are suggesting that, you know, by letting criminals back on the street, that's due process. They're, they're wrong. They're making our communities unsafe, right? What they're doing is, first of all, they're abandoning any desire to prosecute whatsoever. We have seen Kim Fox publicly state time and again, we've seen shootouts between gang members and Kim Fox, has, Kim Fox has said, oh, it's just a mutual street brawl. I'm not gonna charge anybody. I mean, this is the lunacy that we're living under and this is exactly what's making people unsafe. This is not about due process. We certainly have a legal system. Everyone should be considered innocent until proven guilty, but we have to have the system actually work. Um, are, are you concerned that, especially in Illinois, where the uh, no cash bail is going into effect, that this is a system that's not going to work? Well, I'm concerned, but uh, you don't just have to take my word for it. You can talk to police departments and agencies across the state who are concerned. You can talk to mayors and town managers across the state who are worried. This is not a, this is not a political issue. This is unfortunately a harsh reality coming our way starting January 1st. Mm. And uh, not to promote my own show, but as, as it turns out, we are scheduled to talk exactly about that with some police chiefs next week. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but let's talk about the other end of this, and that is uh, the fears of mass shootings and not just on the, uh, you know, in, in the neighborhoods, but after shootings in Highland Park and Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas and more. 
what changes, if any, do you feel are necessary in our laws to deal with that? Well, first and foremost, we have to vigorously prosecute gun crime in this country and in this state. When we have a revolving door at the prosecutor's office, police arresting people and then them going right back out on the street, regardless of how violent of an offender they are, uh, not using bail as a tool to uh, you know, manage this and, and ensure people get due process, but also keep our streets safe. Um, we have these problems and we have a, a criminal class now that is involved. And we see police officers being attacked on the street. We see rampaging mobs and in uh, suburban shopping malls with zero fear of prosecution. Uh, so I say we need to go after the criminals. We need to get local resources involved and support them, but we also need to get federal resources involved. We have U.S. attorneys and federal resources that can be brought to bear. And if the local prosecutors like Kim Fox aren't going to do their job, then the U.S. attorneys should step in, federal resources should step in and see what they can do to help our communities stay safe. Do you not feel that uh, there are too many guns on the streets in, in, in general? Well, there's certainly too much criminal misuse of guns, and that's what we need to go after. We need to go after the criminals who are misusing the guns. We have a lot of laws that can be enforced, but unfortunately, uh, they're not being vigorously prosecuted. So Illinois has, has put a regime in place of uh, gun safety laws and uh, criminal uh, use of firearm laws that... Uh, uh, are adequate to do the job if we would just get prosecutors who are actually willing to enforce those laws. But now you have talked about uh, restrictions on some gun purchases. Uh, you do support some of that, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think violent felons should be allowed to own a firearm. I don't think minors uh, should be allowed to purchase firearms. Um, you know, criminal mis misuse of guns, uh, guns in the hand of the mentally unstable or those who have knowingly violated our laws and been convicted of that, those are people who shouldn't be anywhere near a firearm. And, and we, we have laws on the books, thankfully, uh, that uh, support that position, and we should vigorously enforce those laws. Um, touch on another uh, hot button issue, and that is, uh, you, what's your position on abortion? Do, uh, do you uh, feel there should be uh, exceptions to an abortion ban, for example? Uh, well, first of all, yes. I mean, rape, incest, and the life of the mother, I mean, those are those are incredibly important exceptions to any abortion laws happening. Um, but we're we're seeing, you know, we're not seeing bans happen this way. We're seeing an incredibly permissive regime passed by uh, Democrats in Washington, uh, which is essentially, uh, you know, abortion for any reason on demand up until the moment of birth. You know, late-term abortion is not something that the people of Illinois support. It's 80%. Uh, of the people of Illinois are against that, whether they're you know Democrat, Republican, Independent, it's majorities in each of those uh, areas. And and uh, you know ultimately we just need to stop the extremism on this issue. The Dobbs decision that just came down from the Supreme Court has returned this issue back to the state legislatures where it belongs, back to the democratic process where it belongs. It's when people don't feel they have a voice, that's what drives extremism. So while it's certainly unsettling right now because this is a fresh decision, I think in the long run, this is gonna be beneficial to us as a society to let people debate and discuss and come to an agreement on laws that work uh, you know, for everyone. And, uh, but right now in Illinois, I don't expect to see much change if any in our abortion laws. So I don't, you know, for me uh, here in the eighth district, it's just really more of a distraction. It's Democrats trying to push an issue that frankly is not going to change much in this state but it is going to you know, serve as a distraction from the issues that I hear about every day in the district of gas prices, inflation, and rising crime. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the race itself. Uh, Congressman Roger Krishnamurthy has been on Capitol Hill since 2017. 
uh, I think in any race like this, the challenger needs to make the case why the incumbent should go. So what has Krishnamurthy either done wrong or failed to do in your view? Well, he's the reason that I'm in the race. I, I've looked, I looked around a year and a half ago, excuse me, over the last year and a half, and I've seen these terrible problems we're facing caused by Democrat policies coming out of Washington, D.C., you know, the war on energy production in this country that has led to, uh, you know, unprecedented gas prices, the um, massive spending bills coming out of Washington, D.C. that have driven inflation to a 40-year high, the lax policies, the defund the police uh, mantra coming out of uh, really Democrats locally and nationally that have led to uh, rising crime across the spectrum. And what I've seen is my opponent voting for every single one of these issues. He's voted 100% with the Biden administration. He's voted 100% with Nancy Pelosi. So he has supported the policies that are causing the problems we face today. And what I see also is I see him not really caring at all about the people of this district. I don't see him talking about how we can lower gas prices. I don't see him talking about what we can do to get crime under control. I don't see him doing any uh, talking about how we can get inflation under control. I see him casting blame. I see him holding hearings on the Washington football team. Uh, we're in recess now. He's traveling around the globe. He needs to travel around the district. He needs to hear from people and hear how they're suffering because of the policies he's supported. So unfortunately, you know, he's part of the problem. And we just need a change in Washington right now. And that's exactly why I'm in the race. Um, how, is, how is fundraising going for you? Uh, uh, that district is, uh, is, has been pretty solidly blue for a while. Uh, and... Krishnamurthy has like $6 million. Uh, is that a, is that a, uh, it's not an insurmountable challenge, but it is a challenge, isn't it? Well, anytime you have a better funded opponent, uh, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, where is he getting his money? He's getting it from the politically connected. He's getting it from special interests. And I think after six years of not doing anything to help the district, I think people are finally starting to wake up that unfortunately my opponent is, really looking after his own political career instead of looking after the people of this district. So, you know, it'll be, uh, I'm not saying it's an easy hill to climb, but this is a pragmatic group here. Uh, I grew up in Schaumburg. I know this district. I think they're going to respect my military service. I think they're going to expect my respect, my business career. I'm going to think they're going to respect my approach, which is to put others before myself, to serve my country and not my political party or personal political aspirations, to solve problems for the people of this district. I think they're going to see that. They're going to see that uh, my opponent has done none of those things uh, and they're going to see what I stand for. And they're going to say, okay, yeah, we can, we can trust Chris. We can take a chance on him. He's, he's lived here, his family's here, and he's going to take, he's going to look after us and try and solve the problems we're facing. So tell me who, who inspires you or who would you look to either for inspiration or advice if you were on Capitol Hill? You know, anyone who has a problem solving attitude uh, is someone that, that I'll uh, be happy to partner with. I don't have, uh, you know, partisan bickering in mind. I don't have partisan aspirations in mind. I don't have a political career in mind. I've, I've had a naval career, uh, 20 years in the Navy and active duty and reserves, retiring out of the reserves as lieutenant commander. I've had a successful multi-decade business career and senior executive positions, solving problems, creating jobs. And now I'm stepping up to serve again. So my only aspiration is to, to help the people of the district. And I will partner with anybody, uh, work with anybody, give anybody the credit, as long as they're willing to help solve the problems facing the people of Illinois, which is gas prices, uh, crime, and inflation. Um, you mentioned not making it a career. Do you believe in term limits? 
I think that term limits would probably be healthy uh, for our country at the federal level. Um, I don't know that that's the biggest issue facing the district. I don't know that people in the 8th district are clamoring for that. I think they want to see us solve the problems they're actually facing. You know, term limits uh, it probably strikes people as more of a, a political insider game. And frankly, to some extent, it is. If we can get our arms around the problems actually facing people, gas prices, inflation, and crime, then maybe we can turn to term limits in the future. But right now, uh, that's not the most pressing issue facing the people of the district. And, and uh, you know, in my experience, I've always found that uh, people like, if if their congressperson is doing a good job, they like him to stay. And if they're it's, he's, he or she is not, the, you know, then they're for term limits. I, I, well, I think that's exactly right. And luckily, we have this opportunity this November to uh, impose some term limits, so to speak, on those people who aren't doing their job, like my opponent. And that is going to be the final word. Chris Dargis, thank you very, very much. Mr. Dargis is the uh, Republican Congressional District candidate in the 8th District. And thank you for spending the time with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. It is WBBMNewsRadio.com. There is a link on the homepage, and you can also find our podcasts on Odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be back next week with another edition of that Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 